0: Hey, welcome back to the 37signals podcast. I'm Matt Linderman. Last episode, we were discussing some of the negative feedback we found online about 37signals. We're going to continue along that thread, uh, this time talking about Rework, our new book, and some of the negative criticism we've gotten on that. So here's a question I put to Jason and David about it. So let's get into some of the critiques or negative feedback we've gotten about Rework. And uh, one thing that's come from a lot of different sources is, is people who say, The ideas are familiar to them that they've been reading signal versus noise for a long time and that there's you know They read getting real there's not a lot of new information there for them And they feel like it's just a retread of things that 37 signals has already put out. How would you respond to that?
1: Well, I think it is a retread Um, And if you have read everything we've ever written, then this book probably isn't for you Um, although I think it's it's well written, but it's probably not for you and that's fine because you are in the .0000, you can add maybe 10 so that percentage of people who actually know who we are, who've actually read our blog, um, who've actually read anything that we've ever written. So um, there are definitely some people who will be completely familiar with everything we've done. It's sort of like a greatest hits album. If you're a really big fan of a band, you might not buy their greatest hits because you already got all their other stuff. Um that's fine, I get it, um but there's so many other people who are just being introduced to this material for the first time, and that's a great place to start is to actually buy like the greatest hits album to kind of get a good feel for everything that this band or this this in our case this business stands for so um I think if you think it's 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 all been said before you're right it has been all all been said before, but now it's said in one place and which is a lot more accessible for the average person and for ninety nine percent of the population than going back over our weblog and trying to to find every every little tiny article we've ever written um, and kind of piece that together to save, you know, 12 bucks.
2: Also, I think the alternative is horrible. Should we sit down in a dark room and come up with all these wonderful ideas without sharing them, without testing them, without trying them out and seeing what the response is? That would be a shitty book. And to be honest, that's how a lot of business books are written. Uh, Some guy or group of people go back in a dark room and just come up with shit. Instead of trying it out first and testing the material and, and seeing how it works, uh, I like to like the comparison to to comedy people. You can come up with tons of jokes that sound really good in your head until you get out there until you try out your material. You don't know what's good and what's bad. Uh, the comedy specials that we see are not just jokes made up uh, entirely in a dark room somewhere, untested un proven untried and, and then it goes out to be a smash hit no it's not it's the same thing with this book we tried out these ideas um in public we tried them out on the blog and we took the ones that were the best and we honed that up and i think the book is so much better for it if you were along for the ride if you were along for all the test cases of it sure you, ho- you heard all the the punchlines before but that's exactly why they're in the book because you heard them before and you liked them at the time the feedback was good at the time that's why they made it in the shit that nobody cared about or we didn't care about anymore that bombed out is not going to make it in
0: i think also just the fact of the medium is different that you have a book in an actual physical format where all this all these thoughts and ideas have been edited down really to you know as tight as we could get them and then it's something that you know can be easily referred to and shared with someone else it's It's so much different than the transitory nature of a blog post, which just kind of disappears into the ether and you know to think that everyone has been reading all these posts and has access to them just seems uh, like a very small subset of people would ever actually fall in that category
2: and this is actually in many ways especially for the guy who've been reading along all all along who know all our shit and want to introduce other people to it. He's not going to point to 87 different essays on the blog and expect anybody to read it. Here he can present somebody else who he wants to convince that this is the way we should go or we should try to change our business and to be more like the ideas that, w- that we put forth, in-, in one package, you can hand them one book that somebody can read in two to three hours that actually has the most persuasive versions of all our arguments packaged up neatly to, to sell them to a boss or a coworker or somebody he wants to start a business with or, or anybody else you want to persuade into believing these uh, ideas.
0: No, and just one other thing I think that's related to one of the essays in the book, which is about how it's okay if if your customers outgrow your product. You know, the most important thing is to be accessible to new people. I think that's true with your marketing message, too, sometimes. You know, you can try to constantly be advancing and keeping up and giving something new to your existing customers,
1: but, like, sometimes you just got to keep your message constant, and that's the best way to reach new people. Well, the, the point about that is that it's kind of what David said is that this is our message. We don't have a second message for another book. We don't. We couldn't write another book right now. If you asked to write another book right now, we couldn't. We don't have anything else to say. Everything we have to say is in this book, uh, and and I think that's the way we should we should keep it um, because yeah, we shouldn't go off and just make up new ideas or theories that may or may not work. This stuff is all tested, and so um, you know, it, it like you know, like we just basically said that if you're familiar with it all, then you're familiar with it all. But uh, most people have never heard of it. And by the way, we're getting letters from people saying you know it's the interesting thing is is we're getting two types of letters some letters are from people uh, and these are emails I should say uh, people who think these ideas are are great and they've never heard of anything like this they kind of can't believe that you can run a business this way which is always great to hear that and then we're getting this other batch of of feedback which has been really exciting from people who have been running their business this way but for the longest time they have thought that they were wrong everyone's been telling them that that's not how you should do it that that wouldn't work that that doesn't make sense that you're stupid you're leaving a lot of money on the table and the whole thing um, so these people are writing us and saying, it's great to hear from from another company who's been able to make this work. I've been making it work for 12 years, 13 years, and everyone's been telling me I've been wrong. So it's really great to find sort of these kindred spirits out there um, who already sort of know this stuff, but they really love reading about another company following the same path.
0: It, it is interesting how people who have been running a successful business for a long period of time feel like they're doing something wrong just because of the, the culture out there in, in the business media. Yeah, good point. Um, I, I, One other, I think, related uh, person out there, like, uh, which comes to mind is Mark Hurst, I think, with uh, his yep. talk about the customer experience. And it's something that he's been railing on, you know, since the same time, you know, before we started 37 Signals. And he's been just railing on that message for, you know, over 10, 15, maybe 20 years now. And it's something where, is it getting a little bit old hat if you've been following along for all that time? Yeah. Like when I get, you know, emails from him, I'm probably not as excited as I as I was, you know. 10 years ago when it was a newer idea to me but every day there's a new person out there who's just learning about this concept of a customer experience and why it's important and what they can do about it and i think he's trying to reach out to those people all the time as opposed to just hang on to an audience of experts
1: yeah the thing to always keep in mind is that every year there's a new batch of freshmen every single year new freshmen and uh um you know that's that's just the truth and that market that industry of of, well not market or industry that that movement of new people is always going to be around and that's why if you're if your message is simple and accessible you're always going to have an audience for it and it might be a new audience every year and it's just it's a great way i think to approach things trevor burnham wrote a particularly scathing
0: review of rework uh, we'll put a link to it at 37signals.com podcast we always put related links to each episode there and also transcripts of the episode. But I'll read you a bit of it and then David can respond. Uh, Trevor writes, this book is strictly aimed at founders of small startups that make web-based software and our lifestyle businesses. If you want to go the more traditional route, raise serious investment capital, scale your business and eventually sell or go public, Rework is as irrelevant as it is banal. Rather than writing a manifesto, couldn't they have distilled their experiences more concretely? At no point in Rework do they say, here's a decision we faced, here's what we did and here's why. Wouldn't that be more useful than a list of one-size-fits-all assertions backed up by already familiar case studies? It encourages you to be exactly like 37 Signals to find a niche in which you can make customers happy while scratching your own itch. But not every business can or should be run like a software boutique, and even fewer can be profitable by selling byproducts like this book, as one section advises. Here's David's response.
2: So this is sort of an attack on how narrow a niche Um, we're trying to pursue here with Rework. Oh, we're just focused on on small companies. Uh, We're trying to write a manifesto. Um, This is just for for that little tiny niche. Well, yeah, that's right. We're writing this mainly for small startups or small companies or small teams. Uh, What's wrong with that? The bulk of companies in the world are small companies. Uh, there are five hundred fortune five hundred companies, and then there's uh a handful more that are at that scale. The vast majority of companies out there are small those are the people who need the most advice. those are the people who who need some encouragement to uh to prosper so i don't see that being wrong at all. What I do find. Annoying, though, is the sort of condescending nature of how he puts it. Like, oh, well, this wouldn't work for people who would go the more traditional route, uh, race. S- serious investment capital. Oh, my God. I mean, anytime anybody throws serious in there as sort of a qualifier for anything, you know that they're talking bullshit. Because, I mean, to even get started in that. So if you don't take investment capital, uh, you're not serious. Oh, give me a break. Uh, most small companies who are actually trying to make it work and who constitute the vast majority of the economic engine of the world are a very serious business indeed. So don't give me that shit. Um, Second, he attacks us. Oh, this is uh, just a manifesto. We should have given you a point by point on every single decision we ever made or whatever. Yes, it is a manifesto. Yes. Uh, There's plenty of other business books out there who can teach you the concrete mechanics of design or of programming or of managing the books or any of these other things. We are absolutely writing a manifesto, something to stand for, something to have a sort of philosophical backbone in your company saying, we're not going to do this shit. We are going to take a philosophical stand saying, planning is guessing. That's how we're going to approach things. Now, once you have sort of these Uh, mantras or banner slogans or whatever you want to call it, tons of concrete decisions can be derived from that. Um, If you have a general perception that planning is guessing, you're probably not going to waste a whole lot of and time on that. You're going to get on with, with more interesting things rather than just going into the mechanics of, oh, well, we say you should plan for the next two weeks. So here's exactly how you should plan for the next two weeks. No, that's there's A, plenty of other sources to find that. And B, what we just want is to, to open your mind, put you on this path that there is a another road than the one that uh, leads to serious investment capital. So all of these sort of attack points or pushbacks, I'd take as, yes, that is what we're doing. We are focusing at small companies. Yes, we are writing a manifesto. Yes, why is that wrong? Why does this book have to be like, every other book out there. Um, there's plenty of other material to find this. We don't need to rehash that over and over again.
1: And the last point I'll take is, is, is his last paragraph. It says, this book encourages you to be exactly like 37 Signals, to find a niche in which you can make customers happy while scratching your own itch. That's exactly what we're encouraging people to do. To find a niche that they know really well and they can make customers happy and they can make themselves happy too. I mean, that to me is, is the holy grail. That's what you should be shooting for. So and I, and I all the, almost all the brands that I like I feel like they are those kind of brands, um, the people who make the products use the products the people who make the products believe in the products the customers love the products I mean that is what you should do and that is what we're encouraging people to do so I I'll take that charge and and uh, and accept it happily, um, so that that's kind of I mean I think that that whoever wrote this I forget his name um, Trevor uh, he he seems like he thinks the only sort of Companies worth starting are going to be the massive, huge, big-ass companies that are going to um, have the have the big, uh, huge numbers in front of their names and, and, and the whole thing. And and um, you know we've already sort of been over this before, but um, like David just said, I, I think most of the of the of the world is based of sm- based on small companies, and uh, they're the ones who really drive things, and they're the ones who seem to be doing the most interesting things, really, with few exceptions. A lot of the really interesting stuff in the world comes from the small guys. Um, That's where a lot of the innovation happens, that's where a lot of the really cool stuff happens and then the big guys who can't come up with the stuff end up having to either acquire them or or take the ideas and run with them and that sort of thing. So I think the small companies are definitely where it's at and there's no shame at all in building a small company.
0: I think also uh, when he's talking about why isn't the book filled with here's a decision we faced and what we did and why, I think it's important to, you know, we were thinking about our target market, you know, because Getting Real was a book that did well and, and really, I don't know if saturation is the word, but we reached a lot of people who, who make web apps, who are software developers or designers or people in that world. And we were making a conscious decision to try to reach beyond that with Rework to, to get to people who never would read Getting Real because it was too technological or a little bit geared too much towards software development. So we made a conscious decision to not get into that realm with Rework because we want to reach a different kind of audience, people who weren't going to be intimidated or who might be intimidated if it was filled with, you know, sort of tech anecdotes or decisions about how we did a certain thing in base camp, that sort of thing. So it was actually like a conscious decision that we made.
1: And this is actually one of the really nice things that, that our editor helped us with, uh, Rick Corrigan over at Crown. Um, he helped us, helped remind us that, you know, this, we shouldn't be heavy on the technology, shouldn't be heavy on the software stuff, that this is not a book about that and that most of our internal examples are about that so we really shouldn't be you know leaning heavily on those because it would it would it would hide the core or the useful message from people who could really benefit from it and um that's why we wrote this book is so we don't have to hide those messages and and couch them in technological terms and, and anecdotes that are related just to our own industry And that'll wrap it up for this edition of the
0: 37 Signals podcast. Thank you again for listening. As always, 37signals.com slash podcast has related links for each episode. And we've also started posting transcripts of each episode there. Thanks for listening. Bye.